Today is Thursday, December 1st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 489, featuring East Bridgewater's very own Thomas Everett Scott, is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another new edition of Celtics Beat. And uh, I, I don't know, Evan, we, we might need to rename this show or or sort of recalibrate the way that we do this show because I think it's gradually just turned into a a, a celebrity podcast, really, is what we're doing <laughs> here. Adam Kaufman, oh, Evan Valenti. Yeah, we, we had Donnie Wahlberg on with us last week. Having out, yeah, hanging out, having a good time. And, and for those of you watching on video, you already see we have, uh, well, I, I don't know what to call you. Do I, it's, it's Tom Everett Scott, but do I call you Tom? Do I call you Thomas? Evan and I have been calling you TES over chat because we feel like we know you already. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. I don't know. Just call me, uh, Mr. Tom Everett Scott would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just, what do Easy, your kids yeah. call you? Dad? Should uh, we call you? <laughs> yeah. My kids call me dad. Uh, sure. I'm Tom. I'm Tommy to everybody back in East Bridgewater. Uh, I was always uh, Thomas Everett Scott when I was in trouble with my parents. Uh, <laughs> you guys can call me Tom. Perfect. Tom's fine. Perfect. Well, it's it's great to have you here on the show and uh, excited about it, obviously. And uh, I, I I feel like I blew the introduction already because I was going to introduce <laughs> you as, uh, as, you know, fake drummer, real Boston sports fan, Tom well, Everett Scott. Hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> hold on a second. Sure. Because I was going to ask about this, and the fact that we've already fake drummer, yeah. Well, ac- according to the bio, yeah, so you, can, you don't actually know how to play drums. I know how to play the one song. Okay, because you fooled me. Like as a drummer, <laughs> like okay, full disclosure, I've been playing drums since I was in third grade, and one of the things I looked for when we were you know researching and getting ready for this particular interview, I was like, man, he's like actually playing that. Like that's. That's not like a joke. Like he's all the fills are this, like that's correct. His stick, he's doing traditional grip sticking. Like this is all pretty legit. So one of my questions is going to be, do you actually, so you don't know how to play drums. You just know how to play that one well, song. That's it. You know what? I mean, it really is like, uh, it's a great story because I, I think in another life I was a drummer. Be- <laughs> the, the, the truth is that Tom Hanks was looking for actors who he could then figure out the music stuff later, but I did play trumpet in the East Bridgewater High School marching band, something I'm very proud of, Viking pride. Um, there you go. And, and uh, I know how to read music. And he, he said, oh, so you have some sense of rhythm, blah, blah, blah. And they got me a teacher. And uh, this guy, he taught me drums. And I was living in New York City at the time. This guy, his name's Billy Ward. He's fantastic. He's a, he's a session drummer. He's played with like everybody. Uh, he said, I'm not going to teach you how to play drums. I'm not going to teach you paradiddles or any of that stuff. I'm going to teach you how to hold the sticks, look cool, and we're going to learn these songs. And he would write my stuff out on sheet music because I can read music. So that was like really, really helpful. And we also had two months before we even started filming where we got a month one-on-one with our guys. Each of the guys in the band had their own teacher. And then we did a whole month in LA just in a studio. Just the four of us would get together and Tom would come by and hang out when I was like freaking out because I mean, it was Tom Hanks. And, and then we would just play and we would play and play and play until we got really good at all the songs that we had to do and and it was a number of songs throughout the movie and there was also a number of variations of that thing you do as the band gets better some of the fills got harder and then by the end when i'm like in the studio alone with del paxton uh you know that jazz piece my teacher from new york thank god he played that and then recorded him and then he came and he said this is what i did so a lot of that stuff was just making sure that we were all comfortable and good but I think I really took to it. I had a really amazing moment with Tom where he was like, you're drumming and the movie is really hinging on this. And I felt so proud of the work that that we all did as musicians. And Steve Zahn, who was my best friend, we met on that. And he said mm-hmm. to me in the very beginning, he kind of grabbed me by the shoulder. He said, we cannot look fake. We can't because when we watch movies and see people who obviously don't know what they're doing when they're playing guitar or drums or anything you're just like oh that's terrible we can't be those guys what was the hardest so that thing was... you had trouble with i'm curious in terms of like learning how to play i'm sorry i'm just step on you but this is like no, 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 a great time where i get to shine here <laughs> that's okay no 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 man. i like <clears throat> i loved every aspect of it and the thing that gave me the hardest 
trouble was uh the feet you know the kick drum yeah. and the rock and the and, and the um uh in the cymbal uh the hi-hat and so it came to me it just came to me man because i would like drum i would drum on the subway with my yeah. hands on the toilet on everywhere yeah, yeah. i would just be like Boom, and one day like the foot and the hands just all went and i was like oh my god that's it yeah so, yeah so I, I have a kit the kit is here. I, this is the this is my studio but on the other side of this is uh is the garage and we got the kit set up and my kids play music and we still jam a little bit yeah well so um, i was gonna ask you and of course we're we're for anyone that missed it or doesn't know we're talking you know talking in part about the movie that thing you do which was tom's first movie last not mistaken. And so you mentioned you could play the song. Can you, I don't know. I can't think of what year did the movie come out? How many years has it been? 96, 96. So a, a good little while ago. I mean, you're not too mm. far away from the 30th anniversary and, and some special mm. Blu-ray getting released with all, all sorts of commentary and everything. Can you, can you right. still play the song? I can still play the song. Yeah. We actually like um, uh, played uh, not too long ago, uh, Jonathan Sheck and Ethan Embry and I all played at the Roxy because a friend of mine had this comedy show where he would, it's a long story, but it, it was basically like comedians or celebrities would get up on stage, tell a story. And there was a house band and they would jam out whatever song they wanted to. that kind of had to do with their story. And so uh, this comedian, Adam uh, said, who, who's the host of this show is called the goddamn comedy jam. He said, uh, cause we have mutual friends. He was like, would the band, would you want to jam on that thing you do with me at the Roxy? And I was like, I'll do it. And I'll see if the other wonders will come do it. And that was our first reunion in years. Unfortunately, Steve was filming and couldn't be there. That was wow. my one, one regret, but, um, we got up on stage and played it. And I, I, yeah, I guess it, it didn't really, it was like riding a bike. That's <laughs> awesome. I was, I, you know, I don't think my girlfriend's loose into this, so I think I'll be okay with this. One of my, uh, the the thing that gives most people the biggest trouble is the, the the kick pedal, because you can do stuff with your hands, that's fine. But then when you add the third like appendage into the whole equation, it makes life very difficult. So sometimes, like in my area, there'd be live music around, and sort of my go to like pickup line was like, "Hey, I'll teach you how to play drums to this song real quick." <laughs> and I would take women and I would show them, you know, how to play very easy, you know, four four time. You know, just basically eighth notes on the hi-hat and two and four with your snare stick. And just basically like, I'm going to teach you how to play drums in five minutes or in three minutes or whatever it was. And then when I would add, I'd be like, oh, you're doing, you're getting great at it. I would add a, the, the kick drum to it. Everybody's brain breaks because it's like, <laughs> oh, I have to, I'm like, yeah. So when you get really good at it, you're going to add your other foot too. And there's going to be four things going on at the same time that you kind of have to yeah. subdivide in your head. So it's all kind of is tough. And then like. Really, you know, thematically, your right foot and the bass player, depending on what hand they play with, their right hand should be, you know, pretty much identical. And so you got to kind of factor all this stuff in. So I'm just the fact that you kind you you had a musical background, but you didn't really know how to play drums at the same time, like hold that off. My God, I'm so like, Thanks, that was awesome. That's awesome. I was again, Thanks. I went into that thinking I'm like, I have to look to see how. But once you brought the traditional grip, which I don't I don't even play like. I, my, my wrist doesn't work that way. I was like, shit, this guy really knows. Oh, excuse me, by the way. Uh, this guy really knows how to play drums. <laughs> no, I don't this care. Guy, well, I mean, it's for the kids at home. You know, I'm just trying yeah, to, we've gotten yelled at for that before. My, my fault, folks. But it was like one, I was like, man, like, cause I always question, you know, is, is, is like, uh, the guys that play music, uh, uh, you know, in a movie is Joaquin Phoenix really playing guitar when he's doing Walk the Line or is, you know, Jamie Foxx really playing piano when he's, you know, doing Ray Charles comes to find out like he took lessons from Ray Charles and like kind of nailed it. So th I always give guys tons of credit. Like, uh, there's a, there's a live theater production, Adam. I don't know if you've seen it or Tom, if you've seen it either called million dollar quartet. It's mm -hmm. about, uh, let's see here. Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins, like all meet in the studio and pending what version you see, most of them should have guys live on stage playing their actual instruments. And, that changes the game entirely for a guy that's a musician because it's like, wow, not only are these guys like amazing actors and doing all this other stuff, but they're throwing in the live music thing too, which is a whole different element. And the fact that you guys pulled that off is just tremendous, Tom. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, I just have so much tremendous respect for real musicians. Like I never really say I'm a real musician. That's why it says fake drummer because I really can't do what they can do. And I'm, I'm in awe of it. I'm a huge music fan. Um, so, so yeah, I'm always amazed at what real musicians can do. Um, the, the background for me as an actor, part of it was my dad 
and his friends would dress up as um american revolutionary like soldiers and reenact they were my dad was a reenactor yeah and as a little kid it was amazing as an adult now i'm realizing like oh wow that's kind of weird but uh <laughs> but awesome awesome <laughs> and so Why i was be- on the technical term for for those reenactments uh i don't know but like oh, well oh. now people call it larping or whatever yeah that's what it was that that's what i'm so yeah. so so they would like reenact battles in massachusetts and there were some guys would be the british guys and some guys would be the you know american revolutionary guys and and there would be the drummers and the drummers would have the side slung drum mm-hmm. and that's why traditional grip was that way so you could have power with your left hand and hit a the drum that was on an angle so i learned how to do traditional grip even as a little kid because those drummers would show me how to hold the sticks. Yeah. So that was kind of cool when Tom was like, I think he's a jazzer. I think as a jazzer, he would hold a stick like that. Like sometimes Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones would hold the mm-hmm. sticks like that. Okay. Ringo was match grip. Obviously, a lot of my performance, I think, was based on Ringo's like mannerisms. But um, but it was that it was that traditional grip. So my teacher was like awesome with showing me how to how to do that. And it was super fun. When I play now, I play match grip. Traditional is too hard. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really tough. And yeah. the guys that do it, like they're um, like Vinny Caliuta, uh, Steve Gadd, uh, uh, you know, um, geez. These current current guys yeah. who play with Gene Krupa. Oh, wow. Gene Krupa. Oh, Gene Krupa, yeah. Another yeah. good one. Buddy Rich, obviously. Like the guys. I just that watched a ton to- of that stuff. I would just like, they, they sent us just boxes and boxes and boxes of, of VHS tapes to, to uh, study. Everything about drumming, bands, 1964. Uh, it was just like a constant, like, it was just, no one does this, by the way. So this is, this is the magic of Tom Hanks. He was like, I want my guys to have so much research. And this two month run up to starting of shooting, we were like full on, uh, we were, we were, we were there. We were just like soaking it all up. And he's one of the greatest guys in the world for many reasons, but one of them is he just really likes to make a great film. Evan, I can't believe your girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. I know that's the biggest. Why? Uh, she's not a not not a huge sports fan, so that'll that'll. She's not a sports fan. No, no, no. But, but why would you wish that she listened to this? No, I wish she. Well, I mean, just for the listenership would be nice. Uh, <laughs> she's like, hey, I heard your show. Just, it was just great. To support like, the be, relationship. That'd yeah. be cool. But like, you know, that's at the same it. time, I don't need her. Even knows I have a podcast. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't need her knowing how I used to pick up girls at bars. That's 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 a conversation. Yeah. No. No. That's a creepy one. The, the the air drumming as a move. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't even I don't even I mean, know that. It's like showing someone how to do a golf swing. It's a little yes. you show how to do that. <laughs> no, let me just let me stand behind you, teach you how to hold the club. Uh, I feel like a creepy old guy now. Thanks. So, <laughs> so people out there, yeah, are, you know, listeners are probably thinking, hell, Tom is probably thinking, I thought this was a sports podcast. Let's talk, oh, let's talk a little I'm kind of glad talking? we're not talking about the Celtics because I haven't really been paying attention. Well, well, so, well we're gonna that, sell that, you. That's where I want you. to start. Now, okay, it was a, a mutual friend of ours that that helped us coordinate this. And, you know, obviously our our interest in having you on the show being that, you know, you're you're a Boston guy, you're a Boston sports fan. But he did say he's like, heads up. I think he's more of a like Patriots Red Sox guy than he is a, a Celtics Bruins guy. True. So what, True. what is what is your Boston fandom in general? <clears throat> I would say. <clears throat> I would say that uh, Red Sox, I watch every game. I have the MLB, you know, app, at, app, and I it's one of the greatest things in the world because you can watch it or listen to it wherever you are. So I'm always there um, on the Red Sox. I was a disappointing season this year. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then – a disappointing winter <laughs> at the moment. And, yeah. So then Patriots, I love Patriots. Always have. So I, I know people always groan when I say I'm a Patriots fan, no matter where I am in the world. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, hey, I get it. No, you hate us. We win. We didn't used to win. When I was a fan in the beginning, we were horrible. So I'm a real well, fan. And that's what you need to say to people. Like, I was there in the, like, the 80s. Yeah. Stadium. Like, I didn't yeah. just start in 01 when, when, no. when, you know, the other Tom got going. Right. No. Mosey Tatupu, Steve Grogan. <laughs> these are my heroes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, and, and then fantasy football, which I started in college that has made football kind of like the center of my universe. Sorry to my wife and kids. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and I do enjoy watching the Celtics every once in a while. I have a friend here who has uh clipper tickets, season tickets, and I, he always says come, you know, when the Celtics turn in town. So that's really sweet. 
Yeah, I like and I like the Bruins too, but I just don't ever really get around the TV to watch games for those things. We're gonna sell you on the seats. Yeah, I, I I think we need to. I mean, listen, it, right. it, uh, it, you know, you're you're a, a legitimate, passionate Patriots fan that, like you said, goes goes back decades and decades. There's there's no bandwagoning. There's no pink hat there. I I think it's okay to just hop on the bus with the Celtics, man, because they're okay. eighteen and four. They're the best team in the NBA. Al Horford, by the way, getting a contract extension this morning. I don't want fans to think oh. that that we forgot about that fact. That's a big deal. That's noteworthy. But Jason Tatum mm-hmm. in front of the Royals last night, you know, with with the Prince and Princess of Wales sitting courtside at the Garden, goes off no for, for forty nine points. Was was excellent in that game. This this team continues to roll. I think you I think you need to jump in and uh, not you don't need to like go get NBA league pass or something like that. They're televised nationally plenty. You know, dive into a game or two and, and check out what's going on because you have right now, as right. fans of this podcast know, we don't need to educate the the, the diehard Celtics fans on this, but you have got a a one two tandem of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that rivals any other in the NBA right now. I mean, this is this is probably how, and I, I'm not saying this is what it will be, but this must be how like Bulls fans felt at the beginning of Jordan and Pippen. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, there are guys. They're going to win a bunch of titles here, and this is what it's going to look like. So we're it's we're just tracking Banner eighteen. Great, I, I watched the. Um, that's all very encouraging. I watched the postseason last year, so you know I'm familiar with the guys that were in that uh, team. Now, how much is it, of that has changed? Are they all still the same, the same faces? Group. Yeah, it's mostly okay. the same group. they've tweaked it, and it's way better. Like I, I, it's Adam and I will both you know get into the minutia of it later on in the season here, but like. This is a team that went to the NBA Finals, and if you, if the team that went to the NBA Finals last year played this team right now, this year's team would kill them. That's it would, great. It wouldn't even like I know Adam four, five games, six games. I wouldn't yeah, even. I think that's fair. Me be that 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 hard. It, it's one of those things. If if you grew up watching, you know, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and 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 Parrish and those teams, this is the beginning of that next group of like these guys wow. are going to be here for a while. The hope is several championships in contention every year for a decade. Like that's what this is. And, you know, us, we've been going through the, the beginning stages of it, you know, uh, the past couple of years, as frustrating as it's been. They've also just won a ton of games too. Like they've been able to add at young ages, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have gone to the Eastern Conference finals more than most of the guys in the NBA, like not named LeBron James or Steph Curry. So it's, it's right. just like, this group, the organization, the ownership, the, you know, Brad Stevens being the guy that's been in charge of a lot of this, like the continuity they've been able to put together here is exactly what you want. Like you look at those Tom Brady, Bill Belichick title teams, you know, what was one of the biggest reasons why they succeeded for a long time? Continuity, the things that didn't change that much from year to year. This is a kind of one of those opportunities. And if you want to jump in now, say you were there the whole time, totally fine with it. <laughs> yeah, we won't. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's keep it all, you know, on the up and up. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm 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 a reemerging uh Celtics fan now. Um well, so, so what happened with, with well, Go ahead. Uh, well the seamless was there a seamless transition? Obviously, it sounds like if they're eighteen and four for the coach, because there was the coaching scandal and right. then, you know, or or the scandal with the coach, and now the interim coach is who? Joe Missoula, who is okay. he, was, he was on the staff the last few years as an assistant, and so there was already a, a relationship with the players, which was good. It wasn't like a new guy just coming in off the street right before right. training camp. But it's not uh, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, exactly. No, not a Jeff Saturday. Some guy that not, was not in the guy yeah. stepping out of the the analyst chair, who's like, "Yeah, I'm a Hall of Famer, so of course I can coach." But I <laughs> I am wondering with with you because you know, like you said, grew up a you know a, a huge Patriots Red Sox fan, but. You know, when when you were a kid and growing up in this area, those Celtics teams, uh, you know, you were I'm I'm trying to think of, I guess, the timeline. It was, you know, certainly the oh, it prime was the, bird years and toward the end of, prime. you know, before the transition. So it was I, and it, Yeah, that was when everybody was a Celtics fan. I mean, everybody we watched every game back then. I went to games. So it just um, didn't stick we, with you? Um, and Bruins too. Like my dad was a diehard Bruins fan. We all watched a ton of hockey as a kid yeah. and we, in the pond would freeze over and we would play hockey. Yeah. Um, I was never very good at hockey, uh, <laughs> but, but I would get out there. And, and I think that what happened was going to Syracuse where I went to yeah. college, I became, a, wait a minute, what? Yeah. We're all Syracuse. All yeah. Syracuse. 
Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Go go orange. Yeah. Class of ninety two. Just a, class of ninety two. Just a, well, the hangover wolf pack right here. The three best friends anyone could have. That's great. That's right. I go to Fagan's. Flip yeah. night. Oh man. Oh my. Fagan slip night. It's one of my best friends. Uh, worked, and uh, he would he would do the thing where he would flip it. You know, like this and say, you know, and you'd say heads and he wouldn't even, he just, oh, you won. You won again, Tom. <laughs> nice. You know, another, another free beer. Uh, so <laughs> can't wait to go back. I'm dying to go back to Syracuse and kind of just see it and yeah. have a little nostalgia moment. That's where I met my wife. My wife and I were both oh, no were in the drama program there. She's not a professional actor. She, uh, pretty much moved to New York and like was like, I don't want to do acting anymore. <laughs> um, but we, uh, but that's where we met. Um, so, I I was a huge um, college basketball fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. I would say then once I moved to New York to start my career, I just had less. I didn't have a TV. I had less and less time to do what I wanted to do, uh, if sports viewing wise. The only thing I was keeping up with was 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 the Sox and 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 then and baseball makes it very easy to keep up with it. Now with iPhones and apps and all that yeah. stuff. So something just happened with basketball where it wasn't on my radar anymore. And hockey, forget it. Only when I film in Canada do I really pay attention to hockey. Well, they're also excellent. The Bruins, by the way, the, the, just, just so you're aware. Even so better than the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. The Celtics and Bruins are both tops in their respective leagues at the moment for your, uh, for your awesome. casual fandom to be, you know. So not. it sounds like everything's going well. They don't need me really. Maybe we should make note of the divide. Like the, the teams that you don't really pay attention to are at the top of their leagues. Meanwhile, maybe I should stay <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah. The, the He's Red the bad luck guy. The, the Red Sox are are on the cusp of losing, you know, Devers and Bogarts and and turmoil right. despite these recent four championships. And uh, and and obviously the Patriots are uh, sort of in, in reveled in mediocrity at the moment. Having a lot of fun with Tom. We'll get back to him in a second. First, want to shout out our good friends, our partners, our sponsors. BetOnline.ag. Remember, basketball's back, folks. Your top source for all your sports betting needs this season. I can't believe we are already more than a quarter of the way through the year. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, you name it. It's available for you at BetOnline. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, giveaways all season long. Jason Tatum, no, even after a nearly 50-point performance, he is not the MVP frontrunner. That is Luka Doncic at plus 260 on Bet Online, but Tatum is right behind him, plus 275. Giannis Kumpo. it's a three-headed race right now, plus 325. So something to watch over the next 60 games or so. Coach of the year, though, Joe Mazzula is actually a heavy favorite at this moment, plus 200. Will Hardy, his former, uh, let's we'll call him a classmate, co-worker, uh, plus 600, classmate on the in the school of Celtics. That's what I mean, by the way. Rick Carlisle, who uh, some people wanted the Celtics to hire, he's at plus 900, so... Depends how you feel about Joe. Uh, always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. It's NBA. It's NHL. Those Bruins, you could bet on them to win on the money line basically every day, and you will cash in. MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball futures. Where will Xander Bogart sign? I don't know. Golf, and of course, NFL. We got a huge one tonight between the Patriots and the Bills. The Bills' comfortable favorites. The Pats. Here's hoping they can pull this one out because, uh, well, they need it. Evan, I don't know if uh, you, you normally like to shout out a better two that you like. I don't know if it's well, related to that game, the weekend. What are you looking at? Let's just first off, let's hit the uh, the, the Patriots game here. And this is I, – I actually think this is more of a must-win game for the Bills uh, than it is uh, for the Patriots personally. But that's just uh, that's just me. I will say this, though, because you brought this up um, in relation to the Bruins – now I'm going to bring it up here for the Celtics. Hmm. It, it seems to me on most nights, Kaufman, um, considering what we've seen so far, this historic offense and everything, I would just recommend everybody, if you happen to be in the gambling market and you're looking for like kind of a sure thing, I would just take the Celtics money line every night and just kind of every go night. from there. Just take it every night, every single night. You know, you might lose a few, but. They're 18 and four. Okay. Let's get real for a second. Money talks. If you just take the money line, you're not getting as much juice. Totally get it. But oftentimes safe bets in, in whatever you do often don't have great payouts, but it's your, you know, good return on investment tonight. Patriots plus four against the Bills. Uh, don't think that I would take the plus four there. I know Belichick's probably got something special. Uh, in, in terms of the Bills, 
here's what I'll say though. If you like the Patriots at plus four, I'd also throw some on the under at minus 43 and a half. If, if this game is close, that means there's probably not a lot of scoring. So if you like the Pats at plus four, also dip your toes into the under at 43 and a half. That's my recommendation. All right, something to think about. Head to betonline.ag. Do it now. Join to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use that promo code. It is CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get back to Tom. Maybe we'll get his thoughts on the Pats a little bit later on. Absolutely. They got a big game tonight. Huge. Huge. I mean, is I don't know how it'll time out with people listening to the show, but it, an enormous game against the Bills tonight. That virtual must win, really. And if it's a blowout yeah, and it's not worth watching, flip over to NBC to okay. Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas, where you can I see me. This. Are you, so you're. This I assume is, you're in this. I am in this. I play Dolly Parton's producer, and we make a Christmas movie, folks. Uh, I spent I spent the summer with Dolly Parton. Uh, eat your heart out. Not a lot of people could say that. You're, you were in, no. Is, is are you Dolly nervous Parton with that? Like, I know you've met a lot of different people all throughout your walks of life, but Dolly Parton is kind of like in a different stratosphere than most people, I think. She is. She's like the legend. And, um, I get nervous. I do for, for, uh, you know, someone who's been in this business as long as I have, I still get nervous, but very much like Tom Hanks, they're the kind of person that is so big that you normally nervous. But then within the first minute, they're so cool and down to earth, you're not nervous anymore. They're just chatting with you. And yeah. and she's just that kind of person. She was very funny and cool and sweet and just like the greatest. And and we had a wonderful time working together. There was no, you know, uh, move, like star, you know, BS. She was just cool. Is she um, a Celtics fan? She is. Uh, I don't even know. If she knows about the Celtics. Has <laughs> she ever heard of the Boston Celtics? <laughs> didn't didn't come up. It didn't come yeah. up. Weird. Uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> you know. Um I'm you know, she's she's just like the queen. So uh yeah. So so folks, if the Patriots getting blown out tonight, NBC, Dolly Parton, my magic Christmas. I have to promote it. A minute. What time? What time I feel start? like I need to ask which one you'll be watching. Why are you, why are you asking me what time? Hold on. Wait. That's well, we have to make sure we get the details correct on this. Check your local listings. There you go. Yeah, it depends where um, you are, right? The time okay. zone thing. Um. Yeah, so what, is your audience mostly uh, East Coast? Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Just somebody just vamp while that, I look. That, that access to those analytics, Tom. Yeah, I know, right? It's tough. If I put them on the spot. It's tough. I'm going to guess it's probably around 8 o'clock. But I'll put it, feels, it feels like an 8 o'clock. Kinda. It does. It really does. I, I think you're time. right. I, let's just call it prime time. Let's just say yeah. that it's on at 8 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. So we'll, It's two we'll, hours long. It's two hours long. You're going to see some of it if you turn around at 8. Will, will you be watching the Patriots and recording that? Or or will you be you know watching the movie and, and flipping over to the Pats? How, how does one handle this situation? I don't appreciate you putting me on the spot like this because we just met. <laughs> but um, I will say that if uh, that I've already seen the movie and it's fantastic, maybe I'll do a little like a two-screen thing. Sure. But people still have picture-in-picture TVs, don't they? <laughs> no, I don't know. I... <clears throat> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> we graduated everybody has like several screens instead of picture in picture it's just everybody's got like two tvs right. up yeah <laughs> yeah people just have side by side tvs that's right. the normal thing to do oh my god my son is like some creature from a sci-fi movie he's like on his phone on his laptop with a tv and he's yeah. doing like three to four things at once yeah yeah i can't i'm at it like it drives my wife crazy because she is the total opposite in this respect but i can't like if i'm not multitasking it whatever it is i feel like i'm not doing anything i can't do one thing at a time anymore it's really terrible isn't that bad that's got to be bad for us is that bad or is that just going to make us evolve even something even better <sighs> doesn't feel better <laughs> i don't feel it doesn't feel like it's going the right direction yeah it doesn't feel better it feels it feels right, like, like 18 I, tabs I, I, open at the same time never mind like doing several things on different okay. screens all the time here's yeah. what scares me is that in la especially where you drive a lot at first, you're like, oh, I'm going to get pulled over on my phone, and it's dangerous. I shouldn't be doing that. Cut to <laughs> me now. Like, I'm really good at, like, scrolling and driving at the same yeah. time. I'm yeah. really good at this. God, I haven't looked at the road in about 45 seconds. This Should is- be and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fine. Yeah. It's really good. We're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think what we need to do, and whether this is, uh, it feels, in the interest of the show, it really should be kind of more Celtic-specific, obviously. But with, so I mentioned Donnie Wahlberg was on the show last week. Donnie is a a, a passionate, passionate, well, all things Boston sports fans, but I I would say that his, like, in the same way that you're, Pats Red Sox first he's probably Celtics Pats first like those are those are his big two versus the other two and he has really like I I think he is he's he's taken the mantle as as like the face of of celebrity Celtics fans like he's a diehard knowledgeable fan can talk the game all of it much you know as I'm sure you can with the teams you're passionate about and you know it goes to a lot of games all that stuff I feel like though we need to like he needs company uh, uh, you oh. know, in, in the group. Like we need, we need a, a more, there are so many celebrities that are from Boston proper, right? They're like, there are so yeah. many big names, so many, you know, and, and like they talk about their, whether it's like Affleck and Damon and those guys talking about their sports fandom and late night interviews. But, mm-hmm, but I feel mm-hmm. like we need to, we need to really like, we, we need more at, 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 at front and center. Yeah, well, listen, I am I am all in. I will be part of Donnie Wahlberg's entourage. See what <laughs> I did there? Yeah. Uh, I would be happy to. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, we, we need to, like, get Krasinski on the horn. Lenny Clark out here, obviously, is a friend of ours. He's, he's you know, a successful and a huge sports fan as well. We need to, we need, like, to really expand the group. I just assume that, you know, you, you Boston local celebrities all just have a massive text chain that, you know, you guys can coordinate this. Oh, yeah. We're all, yeah. <laughs> just on a big text group. <laughs> no question. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, you know, a lot of success at this point. It's been, it's been nice. I mean, to go again, I'm the fact that I've seen four Red Sox world series titles in my lifetime is astonishing because my grandfather went 86 years, his whole lifetime without seeing one. He was just born in 1919 and passed away in 2003 oh, and just God. literally just missed it. I mean, just, Oh missed it. no, I know. I, I, I was like heartbroken. In yeah. Ways in one. But like he, the, so he was the problem, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. Oh, that's all right. No, that's all right. He was uh, the jinx. That's yeah. right. Hey, look, he... <laughs> you know, uh, 2004, 2004, uh, they're on that run mm, and yeah. coming back. So my son is going to be born. And it was um, my, my daughter, who's older, our first kid, was an emergency C-section. And then just for safety, if you're going to have another kid, they usually suggest that you have another C-section just because yeah. it's safer. So very civilized, have a scheduled C-section for your birth of your child. It's very nice because it's on the calendar. There's yeah. no surprises. It's like a, so, any other appointment. Yeah. So we've got that going. I'm shooting a movie in San Diego, but we're going to have the baby up here in, in Los Angeles. So I'm, I'm driving back and forth to work. On this movie I'm doing with, um, it's called uh, Surrender Dorothy, if anybody's interested, with Diane Keaton. It was a wonderful movie, and Chris Pine. And um, so so I'm following the game on the radio, driving back and forth. And one of the games against the Yankees was rained out. And so that pushed the schedule. So then I'm thinking, if they do come back, because they're going to come back. And uh, our scheduled C-section will be on the day of Game 7. So my son will be born if there's a game seven, he'll be born on that morning. So sure enough, that's what happened. So the, that day that my son was born, they broke the curse. It, so I consider him the birth of the Bambino. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and, and, and I but, think, but, that, but being like the, like all Boston sports fans are, are neurotic to some degree. So oh, it, yeah. like, it had to be in your head. What if we lose this game? Like, what if I bring a kid into the world on the day of a game seven and we lose this game is my kid bad luck. Well, it went, yeah, it would go from naming him Johnny Damon to, you know, not naming him Johnny <laughs> Damon, right. yeah. um, which we didn't name him Johnny Damon. Thank God. Cause he went to the Yankees. After yeah, that. Right. Um, yeah, no, we named him big now, poppy. Right? Um, <laughs> his, my son's name is David Ortiz Everett Scott. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, all hyphenated for, for me. I have three first names. He has four names. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, that was just such a big moment. And then they just were so good after that. But I was there for those lean years, man. I was living in New York at the start of my career when the Yankees were just like constantly winning. It was so horrible. And, um, 
you know, I, I'm married into a Yankee family. My brother-in-law and my father-in-law are just huge Yankees. It sucks, man. But, but hold well, down probably, the fort. Probably not so much right now. Uh, I mean, it's not, what? it's not, I mean, like, I know, so like, hard, they yeah. had, they had a good year in Aaron Judge and They're all always that, good. but like, they, it, it's not like, I mean, they haven't won a championship since what, 09? Peasants. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they've been the Astros, uh, B-I-T-C-H, haven't they? Yeah. It's been a great, it's been great. Yeah. I'm I, spelling I, my swear words. I'm spelling say, my swear words, folks. Words, we can't say certain things. Can we spell them? No, that's all yeah. right. I just, I try to keep it down, you know, keep the swearing to a minimum on this show, but well, like. If the, if the kids are young enough, they can't spell it anyway, so it'll be fine. You're gonna, what, what was the, the, in the car with their parents sounding it out? Yeah. B-I. <laughs> Singing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. The, I don't know if it's still, I think it might have closed down, but there used to be a Red Sox bar in New York called Professor Tom's. Oh, oh, uh, I don't know of it, but there is a really famous one here in Santa Monica. Um, is it called, uh, see, this is my brain doesn't work anymore. All Sonny right. McLean's. It's called Sonny McLean's and it's really, um, famous and all they, they go to games whenever the Red Sox come out here and play like the Dodgers or usually the, the Angels. A whole group will go and sit in like, um, right field bleachers. And it's, that's kind of like the big, um, uh, is this it? Sonny McLean's? Yeah. Sonny McLean's is an Irish pub. And I believe that's where, uh, Whitey Bulger was spotted. Hmm. <laughs> no kidding. What a trivia yeah. question. When, it's when his girlfriend got sloppy at the end. Yeah. I believe he was spotted there a few times and he was found in Santa Monica. Yeah. Anyway, that's fun. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I, there is definitely a contingent of, of, um, fans out here. One of my buddies who I went to Syracuse with, Jay Harrington, who you probably don't know his name, but you've seen his face. He's in a ton of stuff. He's on a show right now, I think called SWAT. And, uh, but he's, you know, he's one of my local pals who's a, who's a diehard. Uh, and then Jay Larson is a stand up comic who's a huge Red Sox fan, friend of mine. I mean, there's, you know, you find your people. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't want to presume that you could do this on your own. Do you and a collection of friends, maybe a large collection of friends, given, you know, what, what teams go for these days, would you be interested in, in buying the Red Sox? Because I feel like John Henry is not taking this team. <coughs> oh my gosh. I mean, teams are going for a lot of money. I these mean, literally days. billions of dollars. So they just figured it out. Someone just figured it out. Like they're like, this is one way to just, you know, invest. Um, I don't think I would, I mean, of course I'd want to be part of the team. Are you kidding? That'd be amazing. I'd move home. I'd move back to uh, East Bridgewater. Yeah. Specifically East Bridgewater. Just, I'd have to live there. I'd have to live on that pond and, and skate on it when it freezes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, why not? I would love like that. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney owning Wrexham. Same kind of thing, except <laughs> just larger scale. Just sign, just, just sign Raphael Devers. That's all I'm asking. I'm literally all I'm asking. We'll start to go. Hey. Oh my gosh. I mean, they got to keep Devers. Are they not going to keep Bogey? It doesn't feel like it currently. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. This feels, this feels eerily similar to the Mookie thing. And I, I have not forgiven them. I know they, you know, they want to, world see, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. I will never forgive them for Mookie ever. I, I can't. That's the saddest, that's the saddest toy I own. <laughs> At least he's closer to you now. That's right. <laughs> God, that he is. He's. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of the wonderful, like, uh, you know, benefits of being in the Tom Hanks, uh, that thing you do family is they have a Dodger season tickets and we go, we all go to games. Wow. Yeah. So I do get to see, yeah, I get to see Mookie on a regular basis, but just for the, another team. Do you, uh, I don't, I don't know how close you're able to get. Have, have you talked to him and expressed that your disappointment that he left Boston? (laughs) Mookie? No, I don't get anywhere near Mookie. No, no, no. We said, no, no. We're, we're in a fancy box. Uh, but, um, I mean, shit. I, I love that. I love like, uh, I have friends who are, who are closer to the team. Like, I'm not close to the team. Yeah. Um, but like a buddy of mine, Michael Kelly, who was for years, he was on House of Cards. He played, um, uh, he, he played Kevin Spacey's like right hand man. The, he's, you know, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. He played Doug Stamper on House of Cards. Anyway, Michael is, uh, from Atlanta and he's a diehard Braves fan and he's just, he's pushy. Let's just put it that way. And he just pushed his way right in, becoming friends with the people who own the Braves and stuff and the Falcons. He's always standing on the sidelines, like, or, you know, so he, the, the Braves came out here and played the Dodgers 
And so he got us all like we, we went on the field. We met all the players. You know, someday I'll be pushy and I'll do that too. When's the last time you went to a Celtics game in Boston? Oh, when I was a kid. I mean, oh, I well, it's, it's it's time to make this happen, Tom. All right. I don't know if all three of us need to go together. Or you need to if you don't want to hang out with us outside of this podcast, that's okay too. And you want to go with your close friends or your wife or whoever family. Like you, you just need to get out to the garden and see a game. Yeah, they so- don't want to come with me. They didn't come with me to see their grandmother. Are you kidding? They're not. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be me and you guys. That's right. perfect. That's great. We're ready, and we're going to be sitting next to the Royals. It's going right. to be great. Yeah, I mean they're they're diehards now. I mean they were supposed to leave at halftime, and they said, "Screw it, we're having a good time. We're not leaving." Now, who are we talking about here? Was it Megan and Harry? Was it no? Megan and, and Harry are too busy with their Netflix show. It was uh, it was it was Kate and William were at the game. Right William was very impressed last night. I'll tell you, he was he was all about Jason Tatum last night. And how yeah. could you not? The guy had forty nine points. He was unbelievable. Eight to twelve from three point range, eleven rebounds. He was he's the MVP. Well, he could make a case that he's the MVP. He's the MVP right front runner right now. Yeah. Or at he's, least that's fantastic. He's actually, he's actually in second per bet online bet AGM. How old is Jason Tatum? What is he? 20, 24? 19? Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> only, he's only 19, as we always, we always like to say. I want to say he's 24. That's how old Rappy Devers is, still 19. Exactly. Yeah, 24 <laughs> turns 25 in March, a couple months away. So he's only, I mean, the way basketball works, he's only just entering his prime years right now. Right. Right. Amazing. Right. Just yeah. get on, you catch it as the roller coaster's going up, Tom. That's all we got. All right, guys, I'm Sorry, in. Tom. All right, I'm. This is it. Now watch them start losing, and you'll be like texting no, me, like, please yeah, stop please watching, stop. Tom. Yeah, Turn it off. Unsubscribe from League Pass. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know how often you're you're back this way to to see your folks, but let's, uh, yeah, let's let's make that happen at some point. That'll be fun. With it, listen, I've I've I have an extra room. You don't even need to stay in a hotel in Worcester. You're well. Great. You're welcome to crash, and we'll watch Love that it. thing you do. I love it, absolutely. <laughs> and the Dolly, the Dolly Parton movie. I, I will DVR it. NBC. We'll do a little Thursday back. night. Before before you go though, because uh, we will wrap up in a few minutes. But before you go, like I we we can't spend as much time as we have talking about your acting career without. Uh, I I have to. You better be going where I think you're going with this. I have to, not, I'm wondering. I can't I, know. I, oh, I, I got to bring up. Yes. Enemies closer. Absolutely. Okay. Which All right. uh, I'm, I'm showing the people for anyone watching the video. For you people. actually bought it. Listen, thank you. Dude. I think I got that one you, cent check. <laughs> you did, <Zizzle>, baby. Is <laughs> it like I'm 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 written in the memo section too? They, yes, they, they, yes. You should be in the liner notes just for buying it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of listen. I I don't want to make light of working with Tom Hanks. I've never worked with Tom Hanks, but a lot of people <laughs> have worked with Tom Hanks. How many people can say that they have sparred with Jean-Claude Van Damme? That is right. a much shorter list, my friend. Listen, I'll tell you, I was very excited to go and do this. Now, uh, just a little quick backstory on this. I went to Syracuse, and yeah. one of my friends from there is at a director named John Hyams. Uh, we're, we're, we're buds. We've worked on a ton of stuff together. His father, Peter Hyams, is a very famous director from like the you know 70s, 80s, 90s. He, he directed a bunch of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, one of them being like Time Cop and... You know, he, he my, goes, my love, love Time Cop. Movie. So good. I have, I have a Time Cop movie poster. It's so good. Perfect. Framed. Remember in the, in the, in the trailer, he does the split. Yeah, you know, of course. Too good. To, to avoid getting shot. Yeah. So, uh, that's what, you, that's what he, that's his signature move. So that's, Peter. Yeah, back when he could do it anyway. So, so John Heim's dad, Peter, uh, who's like another, you know, adult, uh, parent to me out here on the West Coast. Um, he wanted to make this movie with me and he's like, Tommy, I want you to come to, uh, we shot this in Bulgaria, in the woods, um, on a lake in the middle of nowhere. All it just it was crazy, and uh, and I got to work with John Claude Van Damme. And since uh, Peter and his son John have both directed John Claude or JCVD or JC, yeah. whatever you want to call him, he says, yeah, uh, yeah. "Just be careful because he's he's kind of a wild card, and he is. Okay, he is. I I probably have way too many stories to tell you." I'll just tell you one. So and then off air the rest. <laughs> in the in the movie, in the movie, there's a fight sequence in a tree. Like we're like kind of crashing yeah. down a tree and fighting at the same time. Right. So stunt guys are doing most of that work, but there's a close up of him choking me. And during this part of the filming, and John Claude would be on set very rarely. 
he usually had like his double or somebody else doing all the other stuff, but the tight stuff, he's there. Mm-hmm. And sorry to disappoint. Yeah, but, a little bit, but it's okay. And like, Never and he's a little bit of and he's a little bit of a wild card. And I don't think he knew my real name the whole time. He just called me Henry because that was my character's name. Perfect. So he's in Henry, 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 Henry. And so he like has his arm around me. That's all. He's behind me. He's got his arm around my neck like this. And and to to sell being choked without actually being choked, the the actor who's being choked puts their hand here on the other guy's arm and just keeps it from killing them and then just sells it like you're like, you know, like you're choked, right? So that's what I'm going to hopefully do. So we're lining up the shot and he's got his arm around my neck and he goes, how's this, Henry? How's this? Is this okay? And I'm like, yep, yep, yeah. John Claude, this is perfect. Just like this. This will be great. Okay. And action. He starts choking the life out of me for real. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. you know, I'm like fighting for my life. Cut. Peter comes over. He goes, guys, that was great. And I'm like, and, and John Claude's like, Henry, you okay? Was that okay? And I'm like, geez. And I'm thinking like, they got it. Like they, that's the take. And they got it. And Peter's like, let's get one more for safety. And I'm like, no. Who's safety? (laughs) Who's safety? Not mine. That's for sure. He was just a maniac. He was a maniac. And um, we actually had a lot of fun. There was was a lot of good good stuff on that movie, but I could not wait to come home. There aren't too many that he's played the bad guy, so he probably really relished that opportunity. He was the most fantastically bizarre bad guy. He was like some kind of like Joaquin Phoenix Joker on lots of drugs. Um. Yeah, and I got to be the good guy. You know, the only thing in my problem with that, I love Enemies Closer. It's such a like a, a weird B movie, but uh when I read it, I was like, Oh, I love that he's a park ranger and that he's the good guy. But then the whole that he's also a Navy SEAL, I was like, Peter. Do I <laughs> look like a Navy SEAL? For you? No, I loved it. I, mean, I actually thought that was the best part. It's like it's the 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 off scene park ranger navy seal combo. Okay. It, it's, yes. It makes yeah. what's going on in the real world. I was like, let's let's just drop the Navy SEAL stuff because I think that if he uses his park ranger skills to beat this, you know, martial arts baddie, that'd be more interesting. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't change it now. No, you're a Navy SEAL, blah, blah, blah. So we start, I'm like, Peter, I'm telling you, there's nothing about me that says Navy SEAL. So we start, I'm more of like a dad, like Christmas dad. And so he like starts filming. And sure enough, that first couple of takes comes over and he goes, all right, Tommy, this time, uh, I'm gonna walk, uh, a little bit more like a man. Just a little bit more like a man. Just, just think, just think, just think Navy SEAL, walk like a man. And so that wasn't great. No, that wasn't great emasculating note. at all. And I was like calling John, who's editing the movie for his dad, my buddy from college. I'm calling him. I'm like telling him what his dad was uh, telling me. And he goes, well, I guess you know what the title of the ch- this chapter of your book will be called. Yeah. <laughs> Walk like a man. That was, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's I mean, I, how quickly do you say yes to doing a Kung Fu movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Is that like immediate? Oh, immediate. Like, I don't even immediate? need the yeah. script. I'm in. Uh, I figured, immediate. That's I Excellent. Plus, I mean, plus Clifford Franklin's in it. Yeah. So Orlando Jones, for those that don't know. Yeah. From the- yeah, yeah. Orlando Jones. Well, I know was, you uh, know, but for anyone, he was my saving. Know. He was the saving grace um, of that experience. Bulgaria is a very strange place to shoot. So uh, I was really grateful to have Orlando there with me. I really feel like if it, it, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're still very much in touch with Tom Hanks. I feel like. If you like, if you said to me, like, "Hey, Adam, you could have one of these guys' phone numbers, and I will text you their contact right now." Tom Hanks, Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm just deranged enough to say, "Yeah, throw JC's number over this way, and let's get him on the Celtic Speed podcast." I'm a little concerned that he may or may not have known your name, though. That's that's yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'll tell him Henry sent you. You know, like exactly. Uh, yeah, boy, that's a weird choice for you, man. I mean, good luck with that. Good luck yeah. with, uh, it probably won't the... take you far, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> John Claude just might show up at your door if I give him your contact info. <laughs> he is a wild card. So dreams do come true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Just a, a lunatic in the best way. I, I say that with, you know, have, having no, uh, personal knowledge of him beyond what you read about, obviously, but, uh, right. 
No, this is great. Um, this is fun. We could. Uh, we're we're definitely gonna have to continue this out of the garden at some point. How how often you sounds great. You guys have my contact info. Yeah. I'll let you know when I'm in town. Um, I would love to catch a Celtics game. That'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome. Don't don't wait for the finals though, because then they will accuse <laughs> you of being a bandwagon fan. Fair enough. Yeah, you gotta go to like the Charlotte game. Let yeah, the, gotta show up on a rogue ass Spurs, Charlotte, Indiana. Yeah. You know, you p- pick a. Yeah, you know, a real only a diehard would go to this game. That way, we can convince everybody that you were there the whole time. Up we'll be your PR team. Good. We'll spin it. We got oh, you. Man. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, Tom Everett Scott, and uh, you know, just, we'll we'll have to do this again at some point. I, I wish the Patriots luck tonight. Obviously, do you have uh, this? This will be a little dated for some people, depending on when they listen. But do you have a prediction for this one tonight? Okay, that's a great one. Uh, so, so I guess Von Miller is not going to play tonight. Correct. And um, but but then the the uh, the um, Patriots offensive line, I think we're probably going to be down a few guys, a couple guys. So so it could still be tough to keep Mac Jones upright. Um, I don't know. I Patriots are probably going to keep it closer than than the spread says. I would even take the Patriots to cover tonight. Um, we'll see. Bills might punt once or twice. They might. I mean, but it, but then again, Josh Allen. I think he's over that elbow thing. He's probably like really healthy, and and you could tune in, and it could be like forty to twenty, final score. You know, I hope not. Yeah, I think the Bills have some offensive linemen out though, so maybe Judon and Uche, some of the guys, you know, up front can get home and, get, and try. The big thing is, and I, I forget, did we have maybe it was Donnie that talked about this? Having Duggar back is a big deal. Yeah, because he's yeah he's perfect guy for the spy on the quarterback because he's really good at that. Duggar's great. What a great find he was in the draft. I mean, that's what Bill Belichick is really great at finding those those defensive guys. And um, yeah, we'll see. You know, these the second meeting of division rivals uh, in the seasons usually closer or lower scoring games. So maybe we might have that on top. Let's see that. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, we'll find out. Be uh, well. I, I was about to say it'll be a good time. I hope it's a good time for, for those of us that are watching. And if it's not. Tom has already provided you options. You can flip. NBC, good night. NBC, primetime. NBC, primetime, Dolly World. Make sure you check it out. Have a Holly Dolly Christmas. That's adorable. Really appreciate you hopping on with us. It's a lot of fun, man. All right, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Adam, Evan, wonderful talking to you guys. For Tom Everett Scott, Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. We'll catch you again on Celtics Beat. More uh, in-depth Celtics analysis related to the Al Horford contract next week. Count on that. We'll see you.